Water is extremely important to all life. Humans and animals must consume a certain amount to stay alive. A half gallon, or 64 ounces, is the recommended quantity for humans. Even plants must have a certain amount to live and to prosper. We're going to discuss two basic ways to capture rainwater today. First is for emergency use, and I call it catching water in the wild, and it works anywhere there's rain, and it really only takes a few minutes to set it up. The second is for use for watering plants and gardens, but it's also a water supply in case of emergency situations. It's more permanent, it's a rain barrel system, and it catches rainwater from the roof. We're going to talk about both of these when we come back. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. We're glad you joined us today and we so appreciate you being here and for our faithful listeners. Krista's with us today. Krista, how you doing? Doing fantastic. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Health seems to be improving a little bit. Body aches, but ibuprofen's <laughs> taking care of that. But you know how old you are when you start talking about your body aches. You, you definitely do. <laughs> you, you really do. And, you know, I used to uh, hear older folks, folks my age now, <laughs> uh, talking about things like this. And I thought, y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. But it's real. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I had snap, crackle, and pop before I got out of bed this morning. And you're not talking about a bowl of cereal. No, not a bowl of cereal. <laughs> snap, crackle, and pop. Yeah. Before we get into this episode, let's just talk very briefly about our sponsors. First is Pro One Gravity Water Filter. There is a Pro One for you. And for Patriot, the number four, the word Patriot, your go-to for emergency long-term storage food and so much more. Aura, A-U-R-A. They're your all-in-one digital safety for your whole family. The ProLine Digital Group. This is your custom, reliable, innovative solution for apps, websites, hosting, and digital leads. And Clean Start. Clean Start is a non-alcohol-based sanitizer and antiseptic concentrate. Jim Curtis Knives. These are custom handmade knives that are as functional as they are beautiful, and they all come with a lifetime warranty. And the base handgun training system. This is a video-based training that you need if you carry a handgun, and we appreciate all of our sponsors, and all of them are linked from our website, practicalprepping.com. Now, before we jump into the topic today, I know you've been doing some reading about something very amazing and extraordinary that is of interest that has taken place in our universe. Well, we had a CME in the last few days. What's a CME? Coronal mass ejection. So you're talking about something, some material matter exited the sun. The the sun burped. The sun, (laughs) the sun burped. Or belched is a better word. It it put out a G1 and G2 storm. Oh, you're going to have to explain that to me. Well, I don't know what the G stands for. Golly. (laughs) Golly Golly one. Golly two. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the measurement is on it. I know G1 is slight or minor, and I know G2 is moderate. 
And these really were not something that would cause damage to our equipment. And I actually posted on the Facebook page to ask if anybody has noticed any of the effects of this particular storm. I have been through one that I knew what was going on at the time, and really all I experienced was static on VHF radio. I see. Okay. I I was doing a lot of work on the radio right at that particular time, and this was over a couple of day period, and it just really caused a lot of static. Hmm. So if you experience something like that on radio, or I guess it could affect pretty much anything in the broadcast industry... If you'd just go to the Facebook page and just drop us a comment on that, we would appreciate it. Interesting. But now this was not big enough to cause a lot of damage. And, you know, we need to do a CME podcast and talk about that because there are some levels of the CME that could put us back into the 1800s as far as technology. Oh, so you're talking about a grid-killing CME. Exactly. And if you take that grid down for long term, you're probably talking about a majority of the people dying. Wow. I've heard estimates as high as 90% of our population would die within a year. Let's certainly hope and pray that doesn't happen. Let me tell you something really quickly from the research that I've done this week and some reading. I was astonished, and I'll bet you were too, to discover the news story about the couple that was rescued from their earthquake rubble. Uh, Probably their building collapsed, but they were able to move around. It was a husband and wife. And one of their three children, they were actually extracted 296 hours after the event. Now, sadly, the other two children perished rather quickly after the earthquake. And then this husband and wife and 12-year-old son were rescued today. I think it'll be like we're, we're posting this. This is Monday's episode. Monday, yes. And, so and we're over the weekend. On, we're recording on Sunday. Gotcha, Sunday. gotcha. And sadly, that 12-year-old son did not survive. But it's astonishing to find these stories of people that have survived and the ways that they were able to survive. You, you need to look into that uh, couple rescued after 296 hours. I think it's fascinating reading. And there was a baby, and I saw this the other day, and the baby, and they showed pictures of the baby, and it, it was banged up a little bit. And I'm talking maybe six months old. I'm not talking a toddler. I'm talking a baby, an Mm -hmm. infant, was rescued after 150 hours. That's amazing. And is doing great. That's incredible. And then there was another baby that was born in the rubble. Yeah, and her parents did not survive, but she did. Right. So so, we want to just keep that to the forefront. These these areas that have been affected in Turkey and Syria, do keep the, the funding coming, the donations, do keep your prayers coming. The death toll now exceeds 46,000. It's just an incomprehensible number, and it's so tragic, and yet there are miracles that are taking place every day. So I just wanted to make mention that we know that there's reasons why people survive this, and that there's a purpose for their lives. Our topic today, we're going to talk about something that's a relatively new word to Krista. It is. And when I mentioned it on a podcast, what, uh, three or four weeks ago, she questioned it, and I told her to look it up in the Scrabble Dictionary. And, and I she, did. <laughs> she actually went to Webster and looked it up, and that's the word catchment. Yeah. And what we're talking about is how to build a water catchment system. 
she mentioned how important water is. And I always is. do. And I'm on water does. all the time. She <laughs> always is. And, and one of her reasons is to be able to cook spaghetti. I mean, <laughs> j- just to be honest, you have to have water to cook spaghetti. Smarty pants. Uh, yes. And if you're new to the show, that's her favorite meal. She could have it seven days a week. And then have it again the next week. I could. She just loves it. It's her comfort food. Mm -hmm. It's her get full food. It's the just because food. And so we tease about that. And she's not quite that bad. But yeah, she'd have to have a lot of water for cooking that. Mm -hmm. And so we're actually going to talk about some simple and some complex systems. We're going to talk about some temporary and permanent. And you can get these systems or build these systems very simple to very, very complex. In fact, I saw one in doing some research. It was diagrams of this particular house. And they collected water from several different locations. And and we're talking about rainwater off the roof here is really what we're talking about in this elaborate system. And it funneled down into this big underground pre-filter. And it had a access port from the top so if you put it in your yard it's going to look like you have a couple of manholes Hmm. manhole covers there but it had a pre-filter system then it went down into a a cistern to collect the water and it was several thousand gallons of water serious underground and then it went through a filtration system and then it was pumped into the house and distributed to all of the areas of the house that needed water. That's very well thought out. And that would have been expensive. Yes. That would because everything's underground and everything's piped in, so you're going to need pumps, you're going to need filters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to talk about that complex today. We're, we're going to go simple to moderately complex. More okay? for your practical prepping approach. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And we're going to talk about some temporary and we're going to talk about permanent. And I told you about that permanent system, but we can build something very similar at our house. Now, I mentioned capturing water in the wild. That's simple. That's really simple. Okay. We've had to use our get home bag to get home. We've been in the woods two or three days trying to get home. We can build a system that can catch water. We're at home. We're out of water. We can't use the city system. We can set up a temporary system out in the backyard, and if it rains, we'll have water. But it is dependent on rain. This entire thing is dependent on rain. Now, all you're going to need for that very simple one is plastic sheeting or a tarp. Plastic drop cloths work very well, the, the cheap ones. You can even use a garbage bag if you need to. You could cut it and make it exactly know, the size that you need. The, the yeah. size of the plastic that you use is going to determine how much water you're able to catch from the same amount of rain. Okay. We're covering a much larger area so we can capture more water. Okay. And you're going to need some cordage, but... We carry paracord or heavy twine in our bags anyway. I think we have both in ours. I think we do. And you're going to need a container for the water. Something to catch it in. Something to catch it in. Okay. And it's better if you have a wider mouth, not try to catch it into a, not a plastic water bottle. Right. Or, or even trying to funnel it in some kind of way in a really narrow funnel. If you need you've a, got a funnel, you know. that's okay. Oh, you did think so? Okay. Yeah, that's okay. 
you don't want to be missing the hole with any of this water. Got you. I see what you're see saying. See what I'm talking yeah. about? So, actually, a bowl would work well. Okay. Put a bowl or a bucket, mm-hmm. depending on how much you plan to catch. Right. Now, let's take a short break for our sponsors, and we'll come back and discuss a couple of ways to build these emergency water collectors and the more permanent rainwater collection system. I have something very important to tell you, and I hope that you stick with me here for just a few moments. I'm going to read to you a series of dates and cities, and I want you to listen carefully. One of these cities may be yours. 2014, Flint, Michigan. 2015, Mexico City, Mexico. 2016, Rome, New York. 2017, Carnegie Mellon University. 2018, Cartersville, Illinois, and the town of Nashville, Indiana. 2019, Troy, New York. 2020, the town of Jay, New York. 2021, Tyler, Texas, and Cape Girardeau, Missouri. What do all of these have in common? I'll tell you. Water system contaminations requiring a boil water order. Do you want something a little more current? Veterans Day weekend in Millwood, Washington on November 11th, 2022, a boil order was in place because of E. coli contamination. On that very same day, seven Florida counties were under a system-wide boil water notice. Clean water is a worldwide problem. Did you know that 50%, fully half, of hospital beds globally are occupied with patients suffering from water-related illnesses? Water is always a great concern for preppers, and not just the hardcore preppers. It's also a concern for us practical preppers. That is why we use the Pro One Big Two gravity water filter, not only for prepping, but for everyday use. It makes our water taste cleaner, our coffee tastes better, and if we ever need to start getting drinking water from the creek or river, we've got the Pro One Big Two. Pro One gravity filters are amazing. You pour unclean water into the top section, and crystal clear drinking water comes out into the lower section. There are several sizes for the countertop that hold either two or three gallons, and even a pitcher size that holds a little less than a half a gallon, and that can go into your refrigerator. Each filter has replaceable cartridges. The 7-inch cartridge will filter up to a 1,000 gallons. The 9-inch cartridge will filter up to 1,200 gallons, and with up to three filters in each unit, that is some serious filtering capacity. The best thing about the Pro One Gravity water filter is that not only it's one of the best performing filters on the market, they are very affordable. And to make it even more affordable, Pro One is having a holiday sale all the way through New Year's Eve 2022. Here's their offer. They're giving 15% off of a whole house system and 25% off everything else they offer. Plus, free shipping. Yes, I said it. Free shipping on orders of $69.95 or over. You can even make four interest-free payments. There is no reason not to order your Pro One water filter today. Pro One Gravity Water Filters. There's a link on our website at www.practicalprepping.info. Hey, check it out. A food shortage could be coming. Even in the United States, economic experts wrote at the end of the summer crop season. Farmers sense it too. 
John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, told Fox News that, quote, we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months, end of quote. That's why survival food is more important than ever. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. It's not ordinary food. We're talking good-for-25-years super survival food, hand-packed right in a family-owned facility in the USA and giving jobs to over 200 Americans. The kits are compact, sturdy, water-resistant, and they stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. You can make these meals in less than 20 minutes. Just add boiling water, simmer, and serve. And right now, you can go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. You'll get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. They're called For Patriots because a portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to fourpatriots.com and use code PREPPER to get 10% off. That's fourpatriots.com. Use the discount code PREPPER and start building your own food stockpile today. We all love the internet, right? We love it so much that we knowingly take risks every day while doing little to protect ourselves online. We do this because most security tools are complicated, expensive, or just plain bad. We're excited to tell you about our new sponsor, Aura. Aura is a digital safety service built for modern threats. It's an all-in-one solution that monitors and protects your identity, finances, devices, and more from digital deadbeats. Aura is on a mission to create a safer Internet. And for Aura, that not only means creating the best security tools, it means making it so easy that you'll actually use it. Keep your connection private on public Wi-Fi with one-click encryption. Quickly know if someone has attempted to use your identity or credit without your permission with alerts to your app, phone, or email. Up to four times faster than competitors. Also, Aura doesn't just catch threats, they help you resolve them. With 24-7 U.S.-based support and dedicated resolution agents, Aura's team will work with you to resolve fraud issues, even if it means getting on a three-way call with your bank at midnight. All plans come with all the features you need to stay safe, with no add-ons or extras needed. Just choose whether you want to protect yourself, two adults, or your whole family. Plus, the price you pay when you sign up is the price you pay when you renew. Aura won't raise your prices in year two, hoping you won't notice. Aura keeps their plans affordable, so you stay protected. Now for a limited time, Aura is offering Practical Prepping Podcast listeners a 14-day trial, plus a check of your data to see if you've already been part of a data breach, all for free when you use the link on our website. Go to practicalprepping.info, click on the Aura link, and sign up for a 14-day free trial and to see if you've already been part of a data breach for free. That's practicalprepping.info. Click on the Aura link and sign up for a 14-day free trial. Certain terms apply. See their site for details. 
Okay, thanks for coming back to the show. We're going to talk about a couple of ways to build emergency water collectors and then a more permanent rainwater collection system. You're going to need your plastic and you're going to need some trees or poles or something. I was looking at the house the other day and we could actually build a three-sided out there using our chain link fence and one of the trees. Oh, okay. We could do that. We have one place that we should be able to tie it off between four points. We have three trees, and there's a trailer there that we can tie it to. Okay. So you're going to want to tie off these all four corners, and you want this thing to be several feet off the ground. At an approximate equal distance. Not necessarily, but you're going to have to crawl under it. Oh, so you want several feet off the ground. You want it several feet, and okay. you know, depending on how tall you are, gotcha. and how big around you are, I'm, I'm going to need a little more space than a lot of our listeners. <laughs> You're going to have to go under there. Now, that plastic, don't stretch it taut. Have a little bit of slack in it. Ha- yeah. Have some mm-hmm. sag. Okay. And then put a small hole in the plastic about the diameter of your finger. All right. And all of, with that sag, your water... It's going to run downhill, isn't it? Yeah, it's Gravity's, going to cre- gravity's right. still working for us. So I see. Unless we're dealing with a polar shift and gravity's gone the other direction. So then you're, you're just creating your own funnel is what you're doing. Exactly. Okay. We've created a giant funnel. Okay. And that's why we want to get under there and catch that water that's coming through that hole. Okay. There's an alternate way to do this. You attach your four corners like you did before. But you leave one side lower than the other. And so that's going to be your angle. You're, chan- yeah. you're channeling your water. And depending on someone's layout, that might be the way they have to go. Exactly. So, yeah. If we're dealing with only the three trees that we have in the yard, this is going to be the better way to go. I see. Especially now, it just so happens that we have a trailer sitting right there right now, a little 8 by 10 utility trailer, haul the tractor and things on. But if we had to try to find some other way, rather than driving a stake in the ground or something like that, it'd be easier just to tie off three corners and make a channel, a V shape, to make the water run down into the center and down to the bucket. Oh, so, so no hole in the center. No hole just, in the we're center. just lowering one mm-hmm. corner of that side. Exactly. Now, there's another way, and actually I didn't put this in your notes, and I just thought about this. You can do the four-corner, and if you're wanting to not put a hole in your tarp or in your plastic, you can put a rock in it to make that the low point. Your water is collecting. Now, you're going to have to have another way to get it out. Well, there's there's another photograph that I've seen. When you're making a zero pot, when you put that rock down in the center, you're actually getting some condensation on the bottom side. You can. And that's, what, that's the water you're going to collect because it's going to be cleaner just from condensation. Exactly. If you've got some humidity exactly. underneath. And, and it's, yeah. that's the solar steel. Yeah, exactly. And if you've got bright sunshine and you've got no rain, that's the way to go. You pour your dirty water around under your tarp, uh-huh. and you let the sun evaporate it, and it condenses and runs down. But what I'm talking yeah. about is that you can catch w- water whether it's raining or not, is right. what I'm saying. Because You're just creating a new collection. A new collection yeah. point. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Use a clean rock, okay? Right. Because your water is going to collect around that rock. And then from the puddle of water inside that, 
you can fill your cup, your bottle, your mug, whatever you're doing. There's even ways to use a little manual siphon if you wanted to siphon that water out into another container or through a sediment filter or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. These methods catch the cleanest water. There's disagreements about drinking rainwater with no further purification. Well, think about it because water, rainwater is passing through the atmosphere, but the atmosphere itself has pollutants in it. Mm-hmm. There's smoke, there's particles, there's acid. There's any number of things that that rainwater drop is passing through, and you may not want to just directly drink it. Exactly, but it's still the cleanest. Oh, yeah. You're less likely to have heavy sediment. Well, yeah, you're not likely to have, you know, microbes and things in that water. Exactly. There are those atmospheric contaminants, and they do attach. So we suggest, and most experts do, is that you boil that water for one to three minutes, depending on your altitude. Mm -hmm. At sea level, minimum one minute at a rolling ball, and that kills anything else that's in it. Or you can run it through a water filtration system. We've talked about the Pro One. They sponsor the show. We own a Pro One. We love it. We have family members that have the Pro One. They love it. I say we love ours, but I think they love theirs a whole lot more than we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they, they mm-hmm. just brag on that thing. That's our preference. The Berkey works, the Pure, the, there's others. But you can also use a personal water filter. And that would be like a Sawyer Mini or one of those life straws. Mm-hmm. Now, I like the Sawyer Mini because you can screw it on top of the water bottle. That is pretty handy. That, that's really handy. And so then you can stick it in your backpack or whatever you need. But you can also boil it or filter it. But somehow you have to uh, be able to purify that water. Now, let's talk about a permanent system. Well, you know, it's nearly impossible to fully understand with just spoken word instructions. I think in this case, you're really going to want to search the Internet for, and this might be your keywords, building rainwater collection systems. That works, and that will take you to so many places. And in your browser, instead of all up there at the top, if you click on images, you can scroll down and you can see thousands of images if you want to. Okay, something to come a little closer to what you may be interested in. Like you were talking before about this one homeowner had built a permanent mm-hmm. collection system involving underground piping, a mm-hmm. cistern, some pumps, some filters. Yeah. And, and, you know, depending on where you live, if you have access to maybe maybe a spring or well water or whatever your water source might be, this may be cost effective for you. I cannot explain it. Actually, in writing out the notes, I wrote out instructions on building it, and then I went back looking at it, and I said, nobody's going to listen to this. I wouldn't listen to this. <laughs> I mean, audio step-by-step produ- um, no, instructions yeah. with no photos. No, nah, that's not going to work. No, you know, we haven't come up with podcast photos yet. That's called YouTube. And YouTube would be a good place to go to, would, to learn would, it. Absolutely. But do go do that. But basically, what you do with this thing is that the downspouts, now let, let's go back. Rain's falling, it hits the roof. It runs off of the roof, catches in the gutters. Mm-hmm. From the gutters, it goes to the downspouts. Gotcha. To go to the bottom of the house. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is to divert that water 
from one of those downspouts into a catchment system, into rain barrels. Yeah. Now we've got a bunch of options of how to do that. What it amounts to, you've seen those big blue water barrels. I have. And you cut a hole in the top for the water to go in. And then some folks will divert the overflow back into the downspout. Some will divert it away from the house. Some divert it into another barrel. And I've seen photos of folks having 10 of these barrels lined up daisy-chained together. Oh, I see. And they have some kind of way to to connect them where the water mm-hmm. gets to a certain level and then spills into the other and then exactly. spills into the other. Oh, that's clever. Exactly. And really all you need is those water storage barrels. Now, you need some mesh. You need some mesh filter. Absolutely, because, you know, there's all kind of stuff that's going to come off of that I'm roof. Not, I'm not as worried about what comes off the roof at this point. Oh, really? I'm looking at keeping the mosquitoes out. Oh, Let's that's... Let's keep the insects out of it. Because you would have standing, sitting, you mm-hmm. know, water and mosquitoes. We're, we're going to deal with the sediment that does get through, and this filter will stop a lot of it. But here in the South, we want to stop our state bird from breeding. <laughs> state bird well that's good (laughs) it it feels like it when you're being bit to death it really does (laughs) and you know you're gonna need some piping you're gonna need some hose and you're gonna need some teflon tape and you're gonna need a spigot or a faucet because that's how you're gonna get it out maybe even some concrete blocks or a pallet something to raise it on you're gonna have to build some type of a level base for it And you're going to have to cut that downspout, which is easy to do with a hacksaw. You're going to have to cut a hole in the top of the barrel. And you can do that any way you want to connect it. A hole saw works very well. A six-inch hole saw would, would do very well with that. And then you're going to redirect that water through that mesh into the barrel. But you want to seal with that mesh any way that mosquitoes can get into that barrel. Smart. So that's the idea there. Now you have a faucet near the bottom. Now don't do it the way that I would probably do it had I not studied this and build it too low to put something under my faucet. Right, you, exactly. <laughs> you know, that it doesn't need to be that low. You know, take take probably your largest... Well, a couple of concrete blocks, you can sit on that and you're fine. Yeah, because you're going to want to fill pots with it, other buckets with it. Now, I would say build it high enough off the ground to put a five-gallon bucket under. Smart thinking. Put it under there. But I I was joking. I was actually thinking about my dad. How would my dad build this? (laughs) Well, dad would build it right down on the ground. He'd put it an inch above the ground. (laughs) You'd be surprised how many times we've put things together backwards we've put things together and and have to go back and as he said relick this calf well well that's how you learn that's how you learn <laughs> and then once you've got this system done you just wait for the rain hopefully you're not in a historic drought situation that that's true that's true but the when your barrel fills up, you can use it for your gardens, you can use it for your flowers, you can use it for your lawn, but there's not a lot of pressure on it now. This is not like it coming out of the hose pipe, in which you can run a hose pipe to this. You could, But yeah. it's going to be a slower trickle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not going to come out with the kind of pressure. You're not going to wash the car with it. 
That, right. This may be this may be nothing more than a trickle. So you just have to bear that in mind. Well, 55 gallons push a pretty good bit of water, pretty good rate through that faucet. Well, then depending on how high up your faucet is, it may not pull as well from the remainder of the bottom. It may still be siphon pipe well, feeding it through, and that's you, when you're going to come you, down to a trickle. You're going to need to have that faucet just a couple of inches off the bottom. Got it. It does a couple of things. One, it leaves some room for sediment under it. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen some systems where people had the overflow at the top and the bottom. But that way, it's all coming back to one barrel instead of having a faucet on each barrel. Okay. It just depends on which way you wanted to build it. There's plenty of examples that you can can see there. Mm-hmm. It's also good for that emergency supply of water. And we talked about that filtration and that purification. Pre-filter it and purify it. Isn't there a way to open up the top of that barrel and access the water in some of them, yes. Most of them have that screw cap that screws down inside. And you it. can siphon water you, out of that. You can yeah. siphon it out. Okay. You know, you're not going to have to have a vent hole if you're using the faucet because right. the air is coming in where the rainwater would come in. Got it. Now, this is also a very, very good advantage for those of you that your sewage is billed according to your water usage. Hmm, hadn't thought about that angle. Why pay sewage fees on the water we put in the garden? Exactly. If you'll notice, I actually studied our bill. This is a little aside. You actually pay more in our area. Mm -hmm. I can't say for everybody. But the rate at which you pay for water from the hose to the garden is a higher rate than the indoor household use. Hmm. By a few pennies, but hey, it adds up. It adds up. You know, people thinking, oh, I'll just water from the hose. and I'll... We actually pay a few pennies more mm-hmm. per whatever, 100 gallons or whatever it is. I said, that's interesting. And then some places, your sewage bill is based on your amount of water usage. So this might be a great way to be able to split that out and lower mm-hmm. some cost. And I've actually seen some people when they had their house built. They actually had one faucet that came through on another meter because they were doing a lot of lawn watering and things like that. Mm. So it was actually two meters that they were doing. They had their house built that way. I, I actually, I can give you a real-life example of that, a house that I lived in. The previous owner was going to be doing a lot of work in a machine shop that involved a lot of plumbing work as well and had separate faucet lines metered separately out there on the same property but for different metered use because of it being a shop. Yeah, and and you don't want to be paying sewage on all of that. Exactly. There's no, yeah. Because it's not going into the sewer. That is a great practical prepping approach. Now, the whole point is we must have water. We must. So what's your plan? Mm. What's your plan? Now, remember, this water is not suitable for human consumption straight from the spigot. Exactly. It is not, yeah, you don't want to drink this water without going through all the purification steps. It's not potable. And let's run through that again just so we're clear on it. If we want to make it potable, we need to pre-filter it. 
We need to boil it vigorously for one to three minutes. I'm opting for the three. (laughs) That's me. I'm careful, careful. She'd probably be more like five to ten. Wouldn't hurt. And then let it cool down to room temperature because we're going to be picking it up. We need to filter it after that. The filtration is going to move the heavy metals and the chemicals. Now, you can use a gravity-fed system. You can use a personal water filter, whatever. But in closing, it's a great source of water for your plants and your garden. And it's an emergency source for water for drinking. But you have to purify it. And the reason why is because stuff does happen, so you need to stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.